Welcome to the podcast for WGTS 91.9's Gateway Fellowship, a weekly service for anyone of any faith that is ultimately about inspiring hope. You can learn more and find more messages like this at mygatewayfellowship.com. So when uh, Pastor Terry asked me to preach, I was like, okay, what am I going to preach about? Um, and he told me that the theme uh, was grace. And um, I thought about grace, and I thought about forgiveness going hand in hand with grace. One of my favorite texts um, is found in Romans chapter 6, verse 23. And uh, if you have your iPhones or Bibles. By the way, uh, we do have Bibles at the welcome desk. If maybe there's a friend or coworker or somebody you just want to give a Bible to, you can definitely visit us there, and we'll give you one for free. Um, again, the, the book is Romans, chapter 6, verse 23. And I have to be honest, when I, when I read this, um, first, the first part is, sounds so scary, yet there's so much hope found in the last part, and it says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, this is the greatest, most beautifulest, most awesomest demonstration of grace yet. For God to send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and me. So what's sin? What is sin? You know, sometimes we let that verse slide by because we don't understand necessarily what sin is. Well, sin can include thoughts. Because God knows your thoughts, right? So that can be a sin. Sin can also include words because God hears your speech. Deeds, our actions, can also be sin because God knows and he sees our acts. And motives, sometimes our our motives, the reason as to why we do certain things, sometimes those can be sin because God knows what we want to do and why we want to do it. You see, sin includes a commission where you do what God tells you to do, yet the sinful nature in us omits the commission. Get it? See, God says, I send you into the world to to do this, to be this, yet that sinful nature in us cannot do that. We struggle with that. Right? Like you struggle with your thoughts, you struggle with your actions, you you sometimes struggle with your words, you know, maybe you come home and you're stressed and you're like, blah, 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 husband. Oops. (laughs) I didn't mean that. You know, but, but that's, yeah, that's something negative. That's, I didn't mean to. Sorry. Sorry, Tony. The result of sin is also a result of our choice. Something that Tony and I talk a lot about, you know, uh, many spiritual things. And, and one of those things that um, Tony always tells me when I'm driving and I'm just like, oh, I mean, people, blank people, you know, and I lose my patience. And, and Tony says, well, you have a choice. You have a choice to be upset or to not let that bother you. You have a choice 
Who can say here that, that you know, I haven't sinned, I've, I'm so perfect, I'm like the most perfect person, I'll give you my number if you want to be just like me. I don't, I don't think anybody can say that. Um, but if you do, I want to take your number and we can talk. Psalm 51 4 says, Against you only, Lord God, have I sinned. You see, sometimes our sin isn't so much about what I did to that person or how that person has affected me, but, but sin is, is something that we do against God. Because this is not who we were created to be, yet somehow our nature doesn't allow us to be who we are supposed to be. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to open up to uh, Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. And um, in, this, in this, you'll find something interesting. Um, it's part of the Lord's Prayer. Luke chapter 11, verse 1 through 4. And it says, Now Jesus, I'll read here. One day, Jesus was praying in a certain place. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. You know, this prayer is like, wait, where's the rest of the prayer? As we know it, you know. Luke actually summarizes Matthew's recorded prayer. The whole the Lord's Prayer that we find is actually found in the book of Matthew. And Luke summarized it. And what's interesting is that Luke thought that, that this portion, this forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. You know, he thought this was important. And Jesus is saying here also that not only are we supposed to come to God for forgiveness of sins, but we need to also forgive those who have sinned against us. And here he, he likens, because there's some translations um, that say, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who have indebted us or who have sinned against us, indebted us. So it, Jesus kind of relates it to a debt. Now, how many of you, and you don't have to raise your hand, how many of you are in debt, like have some sort of debt? <sighs> School, if you haven't graduated from college yet, I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <sighs> we all have debt, okay? Um, my husband and I just bought our house um, a few months ago. Yeah, it's nice. We're actually remodeling our kitchen this week, and I didn't know we didn't have water this morning. So, anyways, we have debt. We have mortgage. We have um, school debt, loans. I have like five different loans, not that you asked, but it's okay. Um, we have uh, car loans. We have electric bills to pay. We, I mean, the list goes on and on and on as to what we have. So you're in debt. I'm in debt. Maybe not everybody's in debt, but some of you are in debt. And that just... Debt just keeps growing and growing as every month goes, or shrinking, depending on you know how smart you are. 
Um, but for some of us, it, it grows and it grows because we have so many things that we're adding on to it. And every month, you sit in your computer and sometimes you get an email. I do. I get a reminder of my school loans. Hey, your payment, blah, 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 blah. Some of us get it in the mail. Your payment, this, this is how much you owe. This is how much you still um, owe. And you know, sometimes I'm like, man, I'm in debt. Like, I owe a lot of money. Now imagine this. Uh, what if every month you would check your mail and, and you'd get a statement from God? And you open it, and it says, Jacqueline Sanchez Venturis, Ethel, whatever my, all my names are. Here's all the sins you've ever, ever committed. This is how in debt you are. Some of us may be like, are you kidding me? Nope. You know, God may be like, oh, you know, you look at, you know how you see your phone bills and sometimes you can read like the times that you've made a call and, you know, what if our statements from God would say, 3 a.m. in the morning, I know what you were doing. 4 p.m., you know, 10, 11 p.m., 12, I don't know. Okay, I ran out. Whatever it is, what if our statement said that? <laughs> how would we feel to actually, you know, it, I mean, can we just imagine that for a second, you know? Because sometimes when we look at grace, we're just like, yep, we're forgiven. But we don't really realize what, what, how heavy that is, you know? We don't realize what that encompasses. So imagine you on your couch or in your car or wherever you open your statements, and you see your name, and you see all your debts. Just times, days, hours. How would you react? How would you feel? Mercy. <laughs> See, a lot of times we're so aware of how financially in debt we are, and sometimes we, we don't realize how spiritually in debt we are. And Jesus, you, Jesus uses this language of indebtedness to explain sin. You know, he breaks it down for us. And so Jesus comes, our great God, our awesome, awesome Savior, and he lives in this world without sin. Okay? He lives this perfect life. And he dies in our place for our sin to pay our debt to God because the wages of sin is what? It's death. So payment in full is death. I mean, there's no like, I'm going to make a down payment and I'll give you an arm. No. Like payment in full for our sin is death. And so Jesus goes to the cross. He knows. He knows what he's about to do for you and for me. So he willingly goes to the cross. And, and, and this is the good news. This is the good news for me. I mean, this, this sermon isn't sad. This is the good news, okay? He suffers in our place. He suffers in your place, in your place, in your place, in your... He suffers for you. He suffers for you and for your sins, okay? Past, present, and future. He suffers for you, for your sins, and he pays our debt to God. And he rises. This is a new pattern of our life now. 
You see, he pays our debt to God. And so now, grace has been poured out over all of us. Not only that, but, but now, when we get a statement in the mail, in big red letters, it says, canceled, paid in full. How relieved would we feel if we got a statement for our mortgage and it said paid in full? Hallelujah. Amen. You know what? Your spiritual statement says paid in full. Can we get an amen? Amen. You know, that is the good news. That is the good news. Because whatever we've done, whatever we do, whatever we will do, has been paid. And Jesus knew that. Because when they crucified him to the cross, he said, Jesus, forgive them. You know, that was his word. And it's only through the cross of Jesus that sin can be forgiven. So this is what Luke was trying to say when when he summarized it in, in chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. He was saying, here, Jesus is literally going to the cross to pay our debt. But it's not just for him to pay our debt. It's not just for us to be, okay, forgiven, great. It's also for us to forgive those that have offended us. You following me? Let me explain. What tends to happen when preachers and teachers teach is that they only explain half of the gospel. You know, they say, if you sin, repent, and Jesus will forgive you. That's true. It's very true. If you repent and you ask God to forgive your sins, he will. But what happens when you're not the one who sinned, but you were the one who was sinned against? What happens when you weren't the rapist, but you were the victim? What happens when you weren't the adulterer? You were betrayed. What happens when you weren't the thief? You were the one who was robbed. What happens when you're not the one who lied? You're the one who was lied about. What happens when you're not the one who walked out on their kids? You're the kid who walked out on the parent. What do you do then? What do you do when you are the victim of sin? Because the truth is, is that we have all sinned and, and have been sinned against. And Jesus says that those who have been sinned against must forgive. You know, if we get a statement in the mail that says paid in full, and we can rejoice about that and be glad about it, then how can we turn around and not forgive somebody for what they have done against us? Is it easy? Depending? No, probably not, depending on, on what has been done to you. But I can't imagine us coming to God and saying, God, I want you to forgive me, but I refuse to forgive. So, for this to be a little bit helpful and, and practical for us tonight, and I'm going to wrap up very soon. Cue Tony. Okay. Does anybody have a little piece of paper and a pencil with them? Anybody? 
Okay. Hold on to that. Can we all just kind of close our eyes? Or if you don't want to, you don't have to. I'm not going to say anything. And think about the greatest, most horriblest thing anybody has done to you. You know, maybe we need a Holy Spirit in here to help us do that. But try to face the person or, or the thing that was done against you. That was like unfathomable. You're just like, what? And perhaps it was done repeatedly. I don't know if there's one brave person here. I'm not going to ask you to come up. I'm not going to ask you to share it. But um, I need a volunteer. Let me just ask, say that. Can somebody volunteer? Okay, Miriam. So you heard what I just said, right? On a very small piece of paper, I want you to write down either the name of that person or what that was. That was so horrible. And you guys can do this, you know, when you go home or later tonight. She needs a pen. Okay, perfect. So while she does this, I just want us to, to also think about that. You know, what, what has somebody done to me? You know, what is so unfathomable? Why are we even, you know, talking about this? But the effects of sin is so terrible. When we can't forgive, when we don't allow forgiveness in, you don't have a sense of peace. You know, and I just want to take a few moments to share something that's so personal um, to me, but it may help somebody um, in their journey as well. You know, I grew up in a very loving, loving household. Um, I am the youngest, sort of, kind of. I have an older brother, he's right here, and I have a twin brother. Um, so I'm the youngest by three minutes. Um, and I am the princess of the house, yes, I am. The boys had to clean, and I just sat on my throne when I was growing up. But I was very helpful. I was very obedient. And uh, then my preteen years kicked in. And um, I, you know, got a little bit rebellious. Not to the extreme, really, except for I I started to get interested in boys. And um, I was like, ooh, high school, I get to date. Yes. And then my freshman year came, and I didn't have anybody to date. (laughs) And so for me, the talk was ticking, right? Funny. And uh, sophomore year came, and I, and I thought I found the one. And so I didn't tell my parents, because I, I wasn't allowed to date, really. I just you know, told myself that. And, uh, sorry, did you write it down? Okay. I want you to um, take that piece of paper, and I want you uh, to go to the bathroom, and um, rip it up, okay? And I want you to throw it in the toilet and flush and then I come back, I'm going to ask you something. And so I'm going through like this preteen phase and, you know, hiding all sorts of things from my parents. You know, it kind of snowballs into a big thing. Long story short, um, I really distanced myself from a lot of people, mainly my mother. Um, there was really, if I can be honest, um, there was really no relationship at all. Um, the mention of her name was, ugh, I hated it. Like, yeah, okay? Like, I was upset. I was like, she doesn't get me. And I'm like, was so upset. 
fast forward a few years, and uh, she was diagnosed with lupus. Um, did that change anything? Nope. I still held on to my anger. Mind you, I was not dating this person anymore. Totally moved on with my life, but the anger was still there. The bitterness was still there. I, I hadn't completely let go of anything. Fast forward a few more years, and um, she's in a hospital room. And um, talk about a moment that changed your life. I was sitting there, and I was so overwhelmed with God or with something. I can't describe it. And it kind of just hit me. You know, Jackie, what are you doing? Why are you carrying this around for so long? Do you not realize that this has nothing to do with your life anymore? You know, this, this anger that you've carried just, just it, ha- it doesn't affect you anymore. But I chose in my stubbornness to carry it. I chose to carry it. I chose to hold on to it. I, I chose to nourish those bitter feelings for as long as I could. You know, the only person I hurt was me. Fast forward a few more months. And um, I really, I, I, I knelt down and I was in the hospital room just staring at my mom and just looked at her and I said, what am I doing? All this time lost in, in building this relationship with somebody who's amazing because I chose to carry anger. Because I chose to. And well, that night I, I knelt down and I said, God, forgive me. Forgive me for being so stupid. Excuse language. And um, the next few days were pretty amazing. I felt a peace like none other, none other. And I believe that if we open our hearts to God's timing and to, to what he is trying to work in our lives, you know, sometimes a situation that may seem too late may not be that late. Well, I just started my new job, and and I started, you know, okay, God, I have a new job, a new life, a new relationship with my mom. Great, you know. And um, I didn't, you know, I I didn't really tell anybody about this. I didn't really tell anybody about my feelings, but I I tried to change. It takes time. And um, I was doing my devotionals, and, and I felt God say, you need to go spend a week with your mom, but go early in the morning. Why am I going to go early in the morning, you know? I work in Temple Hills. It takes me an hour to get to work. That means I have to be up at 6 o'clock in the hospital by 7 in Bethesda to drive all the way out to Temple Hills, which is like next to Andrews Air Force Base. Are you crazy, God? I don't have energy for that. Well, thankfully I was still in in my listening to God (laughs) phase. And so I went. Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I went and I spent one hour with her every morning, just me and her. Nobody else was there. And we talked. I got the birds and the bees talk. I'm, I'm serious, I missed out on so much with my mom because of my anger. And we started over. It was the most beautiful thing ever. 
Well, about on the seventh or eighth day that I had been coming in early, I didn't find her there in her room. Oh, she went down to the ICU. Oh, great. She likes the ICU because she gets her own private nurse. Everything was fine the night before. In about an hour, I lost my mom. And it was by surprise. What did I allow anger to do in my life? What did I miss out on? But by the grace of God, I got a little more than a week of a renewed relationship. And that's better than nothing. Did, did you flush it down the toilet? Are you going to go back and get it? Would you, would you undo the toilet to, to get? No, it's gross, right? You, why would you do that, right? You know, sometimes that's how we need to treat, you know, this anger that we carry or, or not being able to forgive somebody. If you have a hard time forgiving somebody, just think about this activity, you know. The other day I actually tried this and I wrote it down on a paper and I crumbled it up and I threw it in the toilet. And it worked. You know, sometimes we're visual people. We're, again, we need something. But just like Miriam wouldn't go to the toilet and, you know, unscrew, you know, the toilet, plumbing, whatever is all included in that, and she wouldn't go get the piece of paper. Why? Because it's flushed. It's done. It's over. It's not in her hand anymore. That little piece of paper is not in her hand anymore. You see, that's what God's grace can do when, when you understand that you are forgiven, but, but when you also forgive there's a peace that comes over that just passes all understanding. So when you're in that situation, do you choose forgiveness or bitterness? Try to choose forgiveness. I say this with a lot of love and empathy and compassion because I know how hard it may be to forgive others. But all I can say is you need to forgive that person, and, and sometimes that person is you. You need to forgive and move past that so that you can grow into a new phase, into a new part of your relationship with God. There's a beautiful promise that's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. I'm going to invite Tony to go ahead and come on up. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9. And, nine. and, and sometimes I'm, I'm reminded of this verse when I feel like I can't forgive or when I feel like I can't let go of some sort of anger or bitterness or, or when I just feel so incomplete. It says, my grace is sufficient for you. And maybe we need a change in that you for your name. It says, my grace is sufficient for Jackie. Do you get that, Jackie? My grace is sufficient for Jackie. For my power is made perfect in your weakness. You see, sometimes we can't allow God's plan to unfold because we're so busy directing our own lives. That even when there's something greater and better for us, it just can't happen because we haven't let go. Are you ready to let go of certain things in your life today? Are you ready to be free? 
Maybe there's something that, that you haven't asked forgiveness for and maybe you need healing tonight. I just want to say a special prayer for you because it's hard. But I don't want you to miss out on something great. I'm going to invite everyone to just bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you would. And my prayer here tonight is just simply that maybe what what I have gone through on my journey may help you. As I sat down by my mom's bed, all I could remember hearing was, my grace is enough. My grace is enough. There's no need for you to carry anything for too long. Just let it go. Because what God sees in you It's not your sin, it's not your flaw, but he sees somebody who's wonderful, who's beautiful. You know, after all, you're covered by his grace. If maybe um, you feel like tonight, and every eye is closed, I just want everyone to feel comfortable, but maybe if you've struggled with something similar or or if you've just, you know, you don't feel necessarily free and you don't have peace and tonight you just want to ask God to free you from maybe that anger or maybe tonight you just need to pray for somebody. You're saying, I know that there's somebody, some one of my friends is going through this, my family is going through this, I just want to pray for them. I want to ask that you stand, whether it's in place for you or, or in place for somebody else. I just want to say a special prayer for you. You know, because we can't, get through this at all on our own. We definitely need God and and His grace to cover. And we need His strength to forgive and, and move on and let go. Wherever life's journey is taking you, we hope you can find a home at Gateway Fellowship, a ministry of WGTS 91.9. We'd love for you to visit us sometime. Services happen each Saturday evening at 6. You can learn more about us and get more podcasts at mygatewayfellowship.com. 